Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everybody, and thank you for joining me on episode 41 of the show about the show. And as always, a happy, happy Bruce Day to you all. I am joined on this episode by former Major League infielder Aaron Ledesma. He played for the Mets, the Orioles, the Rays, and the Rockies. And he is going to talk about his career in the big leagues, the minor leagues, as well as the really, really, really interesting thing that he's doing now post-baseball. And we'll talk current baseball, too. We'll talk a little bit about the game, the state of the game. We'll talk a little bit about the World Series. But you guys didn't come on here to listen to me talk. You guys came on here to listen to Aaron. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I'm very pleased and happy to present to you former Major League infielder Aaron Ledesma. Aaron, how you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. So I wanted to start out. Let's talk a little bit about. Um, let's talk a little bit about your career. You were drafted in the second round. Correct. Talk to me about what that whole draft process was like. Oh yeah, um, back in what was that? 1990. Um, you know, at the time, I really didn't have too much knowledge of of the draft or you know, professional baseball for that matter. I was just playing the game because I love to play it and I was pretty good at it. Um, You know, I went from not being drafted and out of high school and not even really getting looked at to being drafted in the second round. So it was all kind of new. You know, my manager said that there was a possibility of me getting drafted and you know, I just did a lot of the right things at the right time. And, um, you know, I, I put myself in a really good position um, to get drafted that year. Uh, so, you know, all up to that, up to the draft day, there was really, I didn't really know what to think. Um, I wasn't even at home. I didn't even feel the call when, um, when the Mets called me up. My mom and dad were at home and they basically, we didn't have cell phones back then. So I think I was at my girlfriend's house at the time and they called my girlfriend up and, um, you know, and, and they said I was drafted. So it was a pretty exciting ride home. That's for sure. And, um, <laughs> celebrating with the family. I had a, a strong community of supporters where I grew up. Uh, I come from a, from a town in California called Union City. It's sandwiched in between Oakland and San Jose in the Bay Area. And I had, a, I had a nice support system out there, and we threw a nice party and uh, just had a real good time for the next three or four days. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, and you you talked about, you know, the draft was so much different back then. I mean, now it's televised, not the whole draft, obviously, but, you know, there's so yeah. much more coverage now of the MLB draft. Can you kind of, can you kind of talk about, um, you know, how the draft coverage has changed in terms of just not so much social media, but just, you know, we we know about these guys in high school now, like Byron Buxton's and Mike Trout's and guys like that, long before we ever see them step on a major league field. Can you kind of talk about the difference between when you got drafted and the draft of today? 
Yeah, I'll try. I mean, you know, full disclosure, I'm not a huge fan of, you know, watching the games and, you know, the draft. And I'm, I'm just – I'm not a huge fan. Uh, I played sure. baseball because I was good at it. I had good hand-eye coordination. I had some good coaching along the way. And I enjoyed playing it. But as far as, like, being the fan – I wish I was a bigger fan. Um, so just up front, if I, if I don't have, like, the knowledge um, to answer some of these questions, that's the reason. Um, you know, I enjoy oh, playing okay. the game on the field. Absolutely. So, But I'll just, I'll just give you what I have. And, um, you know, so as far as the draft nowadays, I think, um, you know, with the, with the invention of, like, perfect game and those showcase uh, – style tournaments um these younger players are getting a lot of exposure at a real young age um they're signing letters of intent to these colleges when they're freshmen and and sophomores in high school um so they're getting the exposure is incredible um nowadays as opposed to when i played you know when i played the scout you know, I had maybe one or two scouts at a game and that was pretty much it. Um, and we didn't have perfect game back there. We had summer ball. We, um, we had the spring, we had the summer and that was pretty much it for me, uh, being from California. I didn't play in the winter. I didn't play in the fall. Uh, I just played, you know, in the spring and in the summer. So the exposure, I didn't get the amount of exposure that, some, that these kids are getting uh, nowadays. And I think that plays a lot into uh, the draft and knowing these players at, you know, such a young age. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Now let's talk a little bit about, obviously, you know, you said you were, you were drafted by the Mets in the second round of the 1990 draft. You made your debut in 1995. What was – what was that year? What was that time between when you were drafted and making your major league debut in 1995? What was that? What was that kind of period in your life like? Kind of, you know, being a major, being a minor league player, but you know, tr- still trying to get to the major leagues. Yeah, it was rough. It was a rough uh, grind. Um, you know, it, I, I was I was fortunate to get drafted at such a, uh, you know, high round where the Mets, they were going to move me along, whether I got injured or I wasn't performing, they were going to move me through the system because they had, you know, obviously they had money invested in me. So I was one of the fortunate ones to, you know, to get carried along. I mean, I played well during the minor leagues, but I was getting hurt. Uh, my body just wasn't used to the grind of playing every day. And I didn't really know how to, like, pace myself. I mean, I was all or nothing. So I was always getting hurt. And um, so those, you know, those five years there, it was rough. It was rough. And, you know, at that time, I was 19 when I got drafted. And I was still trying to figure figure out how to be like a young man, you know. So I had a – there was a lot right. of just – on the site, on the job training, um, you know, back then we had a, we had a sports kind of psychologist, but not like today where they have, like I worked with the Yankees, the Yankees have like three or four guys in the minor leagues that are just dedicated 
to working with their players with their off the field troubles and all that stuff. So I didn't have that growing up. So it was pretty much figure it out, you know, and if you don't really have a good foundation, you know, if you don't have the foundation, um, it's, it's going to be, it's, it's rough when you're trying to learn it on your own and you're in a, you're in a, in a state, I've never been out of California before I was drafted and they threw me in Kingsport, Tennessee, my first year. And I was like, where? Um, so it was a little bit of a culture shock, but, you know, so you have all these things thrown at you at a very young age and it was kind of up to me to figure it out. So it was a, it was a pretty long and, and, and rough ride, but, you know, I managed to see my way through it. And, um, you know, obviously I did something right. I got to the big league. Absolutely. Let's talk about your major league debut. What do you remember about kind of walk us through that whole day, you know, what you were feeling when you woke up, if you knew right away when you went to the ballpark, if you were going to play, just walk us through that entire day. Yeah, I, I had just got to the big, my first year, we were in Yankee state, I mean, uh, Shea stadium. Um, and I had, I had gotten, I was in Tidewater in, in Norfolk, Virginia, playing in AAA. And I believe Toby Harrow was my manager. And, you know, he, he said, I'm getting called up. It was a pretty exciting time. So I remember, I remember that at bat. I don't really remember the day of or anything like that, but I remember the at bat. Like, I remember walking up to the plate and knowing that, you know, this is my this is my major league debut. This is what I've been like working for my whole you know entire you know childhood and in adult right. you know young adult life. So I um, I remember it like like it was yesterday. Um, you know, lefty. We were playing Cincinnati, I believe. I think John Smiley was the pitcher. And uh, first pitch, man he throws me, I think it's a fastball in. I just hit a little base hit to left field. Um, I remember rounding first base and, you know, I get back to first base and I remember Frank Howard was our first base coach. Everybody knows Frank Howard. Sure. Big yep. guy. Yeah, of course. Played big, for the Senators. big guy. Yeah. Hondo. Yep. Uh, he was my first base coach. And, <laughs> I remember him. He's like six seven, man. This guy's a monster. And he, as soon as I yeah, get on that first base, <laughs> go yeah, ahead. He made Harmon Killebrew look small. Yeah. Yeah, this guy was um, he was massive, and he yeah. I just, he loved the guy to death. I get back to first base, and right on right, he's starting to like tell me how many outs and this and that. And I'm like Frank. I'm like this is my first hit. Let me like take this in, you know. So you know, it was all about thinking about family during that, that, that time. They flashed my name on the, on the scoreboard. I remember that saying that it was my first major league hit. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll never, never forget it. Do you have the ball? I believe my mom and dad still have it uh, out in California. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. as many baseball fans know, you know, um, moving organization to organization is a way of life, and that was that was no uh, secret to you. You played for the Mets in '95. Prior to the 1996 season, the Mets decided to trade you. You were traded to the California Angels for Kevin Flora. Talk about what it's like to get to the big leagues and then and then get traded. What's that like? Yeah. 
It um, it's it's great. I mean, it's it's bittersweet. Um, on one hand, you know, you were drafted by a team. At some point, they believed in you, and you get to the big leagues with them, and then all of a sudden, it's like they don't believe in you anymore, and then they they move you to somebody else. And that was the first time I I realized that this is a pretty cutthroat business. Um, so on one hand, it, it really, it stunk. Um, but on the other hand, you're going to an organization that you're, you know, you hope wants you and, you know, hope has a plan for you. Um, you know, I felt like I had, I felt like the Mets had a plan for me. Uh, but then somebody came, came, they, they got, they brought somebody on, uh, his name was Ray Ordonez, a Cuban shortstop, really good, played some time, had some time in the big league. <laughs> so that pretty much moved me to third base. And then it was more of a question mark, like what to do with Aaron at this point. So I think that was a big reason they had, a, they had plans for Ordonez. He was pretty slick fielder, as you may know. Um, and, Absolutely. um, yep. Yeah, and, and and I was okay with it. Uh, Jerry Hunsaker at the time, who I have a tremendous amount of respect for, uh, was very upfront with me. Um, I don't know if he was the one who traded me, but I know he was there during the, those last couple of years and just have a huge amount of respect for, him for the way he dealt with me and my situation. He was upfront. He was honest. Um, and, you know, and then I think Steve Phillips came into town and, and then – it was just kind of downhill from there. So, yeah, it's a bittersweet feeling being traded. You spent the 96 season in the minors. You became a minor league free agent after the season. You signed with the Orioles. And then you were drafted by the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, who were called the Devil Rays at that time, from the Orioles in the uh, 97 expansion draft with the 62nd pick. You know, being in the major leagues, you know, on on teams is one thing, but what was it like going into Tampa Bay in the 1997 season, knowing that that's their, you know, their first season and just kind of being, having a brand new ballpark and a new fan base and all that kind of stuff to get acclimated to? What's that like? Yeah, it was very exciting. Um, you know, I had a really good year the year before with Baltimore, um, I tore it up in the minor league in triple a and I got to the big leagues and I tore it up with like a hundred at bats or so. So that year, I really think I, I solidified, uh, proved myself to be a major league hitter. Um, so I was feeling pretty good about going into this new organization. I felt like I had a really good chance of making the team. Um, you know, I had a couple, you know, as a utility guy, I thought it was wide open. It was, I thought it was my job to lose, and I've never felt that before. So it was, I felt really good about it. Um, and the excitement, you know, it was 20 years ago this year. It was 20 years. Uh, it, was, it was really exciting to be a part of, like, something new. Um, the fans were incredible that year. Uh, the support was great. Um, you know, the team, it was, it was kind of a weird team. We had some older players who were finishing up their career. We had some kind of in-between players. We had some young players. And it, it, it just, 
it didn't take long for us to gel as a group. Um, it may not have shown on the field, but we definitely led the league of fun that year for sure. No, no, no question about that. Um, but yeah, it was a good, it was a good season. Man. I had a really good year that year too. I, um, you know, I had probably 300 at bats and I think I hit 320, 330, somewhere around there. So I, again, I was just trying to solidify myself as a major league ball player. Absolutely. We're about halfway, we're a little over halfway through this episode. Aaron, would you mind taking a call or we have a caller on hold? Would you mind taking a call? I'll do the best I can. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right, caller, go ahead. You are on with Aaron Ledesma. Who are you? Where are you from? Uh, My name is Jeff. I'm calling from Denver. Yep. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Doing well, Aaron. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing good. Enjoying this beautiful weather in Florida right now. (laughs) Florida-like weather here in Denver, actually, too. That's I love Denver. Denver is a nice town. Well, we're a football town, as you well know. Uh, Broncos come first, and so when you got to the Rockies and got to Denver, how much, like within the organization, especially within the locker room? Do the players talk about like winning fans over, winning the Broncos fans over, getting on local radio in the off season, and, and making a name for the Rockies despite being a football town? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, I don't really recall much conversation going on about that. I mean, I was only there. I was in the big leagues for a couple of months in uh, in Colorado, um, so. I can't really speak to like how much of that was going on. I mean, I'm a, I was a huge Denver fan growing up. I don't know why, but I think Elway was like my guy. Um, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay area and it was, it was either Steve young or we had the Raiders, but the Raiders were, I think in LA at the time. But anyway, I grew up an Elway fan, man. And uh, you know, I saw him lose, playoff after playoff trying to win the big one man and it just it didn't really happen until later on when 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 I was I stopped watching football uh once I got into baseball I kind of like just focused on baseball I didn't really talk too much about football so I don't know if that answered your question man but uh, again I wasn't really there that long to get into that part of it gotcha Cool. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. Thanks. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Aaron. So Aaron, yeah, as Jeff mentioned, you did play for the Rockies and like you said, you weren't you weren't in Colorado for a long time, but you were there um for a little while. To me again, um, you know, after the ninety nine season you were actually traded from Tampa Bay along with Rolando Arroyo to the Rockies for Vinny Castilla. You know, is it easier getting traded with a teammate as opposed to just being traded by yourself? Because then you have somebody that you're going into the locker room, into the new locker room, knowing. Or is it does it does it not kind of make a difference? Well, in that case, um, when me and Orojo were traded, yeah, it was nice to know somebody, but he didn't speak English, so <laughs> you know, it's not like we were like hanging out. 
<laughs> right. And I don't speak I don't speak Spanish, so okay. That dynamic, we didn't we weren't really hanging out too much, but yeah, I guess it can be, you know, but when you're when you're playing in the major leagues, like everybody is like it's it's a big family. Um when it what it boils down to, it's a big family and whether you know the guy sitting next to you or not, um you're sharing the same passion, you're sharing the same dream, and you're putting on a major league uniform, and that's a that's a really tight knit community. Um, so, it, I don't think it matters that much if you if you're traded with somebody or you're traded uh, by yourself. Okay. Perfect. We've got about nine minutes and change left. I want to talk a little bit about you. So after your playing career um, was over. You served as the hitting coach for the Class A Tampa Yankees in 2008 and the AAA Scranton-Wilkes-Barre Yankees in 2009-2010. What got you into coaching, and who are some of the players that listeners and fans may know that you uh, coached or that you had on the teams, rather? Yeah, I I coached the Yankees for four years, Um I ended up managing my last year and oh man, I was, I had a, a, a line, a lineup and a pitching staff full of big names. Um, you know, Gary Sanchez was my catcher. Um, I had, uh, actually two catchers, uh, J.R. Murphy and Gary Sanchez. I think J.R. still in the big leagues. Um, yeah, he's with couple, Arizona, I believe. Yep. Yeah, right. J.R. Yeah. He's doing a good job. Um, both really good players. Um, Slade Heathcott, I don't know if he made the big leagues or not. He may have had a cup of coffee. Um, he was my center fielder. I had uh, a couple of big arms. I can't remember. I can't remember this guy's name. Um, but I had a couple of big arms that, um, I know are still in the big leagues now. So yeah, I've had quite a few. I was in AAA for a little bit. And my in my first year in AAA coaching, man, we had a we were stacked. We had Ian Kennedy, um, man, I can't remember some of these big names. Uh, Shelly Duncan was on that team. Um, sure. Yeah, just there's so many um, that it's it's and we're and we're going back ten ten years now. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that was good. Yeah, it was good. The Yankees were great, man. I, I learned a lot. I'm glad they gave me the opportunity to manage, uh, just to see the game through a manager's eyes. I didn't realize how fast the game was until I managed. Uh, When you're the one making the decisions, um, the game can speed up on you. It's easy to make decisions when you're on the side, but when it's up to you making the decisions, I don't care what level you're coaching at or managing at, the game the game has a tendency to speed up on you. So I had a great, it was a great learning experience. Uh, I enjoyed it. I wish I had the opportunity to do it again. Uh, But the Yankees decided that, um, you know, that I wasn't going to manage again. So I decided to choose a different route. And you definitely did go a different route. And that is a great segue actually into your post playing career. Now, a lot of players, you know, they'll get into the financial side of things. They'll get into business or they might get into you know, whatever the case may be, you and your wife Karen live in Clearwater, or decided to do, to do, rather, I'm sorry, decided to open a unique business in Clearwater, Florida. What kind of business did you open, and how did that come about? 
Yeah, we open a, a yoga studio here in Clearwater. Um, we specialize in hot yoga. Um, after I, when I retired, I had back surgery, and that's why I had to retire at a young age. Uh, pretty much stopped me in my tracks. And a friend of mine, after I had the surgery, he said, ah, you got to try this, this yoga. You might like it. It might help your back out a little bit. I mean, I, I had the surgery, but I was still in pain. So I tried it. And I ended up like falling in love with it because it was something I can do. I can stay in shape and it actually heals your body. It doesn't break your body down. It doesn't break your joints down. So I started practicing yoga pretty consistently after I retired. And I ended up meeting, um, actually, let me go back a little bit further. I, um, I liked it so much. I got certified to teach it. That's, kind of my personality when I really like something, I just kind of go all in. So I really wanted to learn more about it and understand it. So I went to LA for two months and I got certified to teach, ended up retiring fully from baseball. And I got back to the Tampa area and just started teaching at studios in the area here, meeting some different people. And I ended up meeting my wife in, in one of my yoga uh, classes I was teaching so uh, we started dating. We ended up getting married. Um, that's when I got into baseball again, spent four years. And then I just got really tired of traveling with the baseball, especially in the minor league. So my wife and I just decided to open up this studio uh, here in Clearwater. We wanted to settle down uh, and, and raise a family. So this seemed like a pretty good option, it, an opportunity uh, came, you know, came up and we jumped on it. So we've been open for six years now and, um, everything's going great. What's the, tell people out, tell people that are listening to this, how they can, um, how they can get in contact with you if they're in Florida or in the Clearwater area. What's the name of the business? How can they get a hold of the business? That kind of thing. Yeah, it- it's called Yoga Three Six Five. Yoga Three Sixty Five. Pretty, pretty easy. You can just type in Yoga Three Sixty Five in Clearwater, and we will we will come up. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Aaron, we're winding down. We got about uh, three and change left. Let's talk a little bit about fan mail. Um, did you get how much fan mail do you still get? Yeah, I still get fan mail. It's incredible. I don't know how people find me, but. I get it at my business and I get it at my residence. Um, and I'm amazed because I've moved several times. I've had more addresses. I can't even tell you how many different places I've lived in the net in the last 10, 15 years, but somehow I keep getting this mail. So there must be a, a, a mailing list out there that you can access, <laughs> but yeah, I get maybe, on the average, probably five to ten cards a month with, you know, people asking uh, for an autograph. Sure. And are you, <laughs> do you accommodate them, or is it something where you're just kind of like, I want to put the baseball part of my life in the past? You know, a, a big part of me wants to do that, but, you know, the, the fans, they, they deserve it. So I, you know... I'll, it may take me a while. I may put it in the, in the desk for a little while and then I'll get, I always get back to it. Um, so 
occasionally, I mean, I'll see one like, oh, wow, this has been here for like three months. So I'll sign it and I'll drop it in the mail. Um, it's not, sure. you know, high on the priority list, but I, I, I make it a point to get back to everybody and sign the card. Um, I, I have no problem with that. Absolutely. <laughs> I'd be uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask a former major leaguer, especially one who played in the AL East, his World Series pick. You've got Dodgers, Red Sox. You've got Red Sox up two games to nothing after, after being at home for the first two games. Next three games are in Dodger Stadium. Last two are in Fenway. As somebody who has played in both Fenway Park and Dodger Stadium, I know you said you don't follow the game a whole lot, but you've got 200 wins or 100 plus win teams in the World Series. Give me a World Series prediction. Well, yeah, with uh, being up two games, I'll, I'll take the Sox, no question. But, you know, I actually watched the game last night. I, this is my first game of the postseason. Um, I saw the game last night. I liked the way David Price looked. I saw some highlights from the big lefty, uh, Chris Sale, is that his name? Um, yep. I don't know his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he looked fantastic. Uh, so they got a couple of big bullets. I'm sure they got some more coming up. So, um, you know, oh, Eduardo Nunez, that's another guy that I had, just to throw that in there. Um, oh, sure. A home run yeah. in okay. game, game one. Yeah, he was my shortstop. But, um, yeah, okay. so uh, I was actually pulling for when I when I saw that the, I'm a California guy, so I'll pull for a California team. Uh, but, I, you know, I think Boston is um, matches up pretty good. Well, fans, there you have it. Former major leaguer Aaron Ledesma is going with the Red mm-hmm. Sox, who are currently up two games to nothing on the Dodgers. Aaron, I cannot thank you enough for giving me a half an hour of your time you can find him in the Clearwater area at Yoga365. Just look that up, do a Google search for it, type it in. You'll find the phone number, the contact information for Aaron and his business. Aaron, thank you so much for all for your time and for what you did for the game of baseball. I greatly appreciate you coming on the podcast. Oh, it was great. It was great being here. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. Bye now. You too. Thank you. All right, folks. That was former major leaguer Aaron Ledesma. He played for four teams, the Mets, the Orioles, the Rays, and the Rockies. You can tell that he has gotten, he has been able to kind of move past the game of baseball. He has opened a yoga studio, Yoga 365. It is in Clearwater, Florida. Please look him up. If you're in the Clearwater area, they specialize in hot yoga. Got another episode coming up later tonight. It's going to be kind of a different style episode. It's going to be with a gentleman named Pete Gorton here in Minnesota. He lives down in Minneapolis. He is doing research for a movie about a Negro League player who may be the greatest baseball player that nobody has ever heard of. We're going to spend a full hour talking with Pete about that. He was recently interviewed for uh, Carol Evan out of the Twin Cities, which is their NBC affiliate. And we're going to talk about the project that he 
is working on called 39 seconds. So that'll be that'll be a real good episode. It's going to be a Negro League heavy episode. So if you're a fan of the Negro Leagues, please make sure you listen. As always, thank you to everybody who listened. Thank you Jeffrey for calling in. And this has been episode 41 with former major leaguer Aaron Ledesma. Episode 41 of the show about the show. We'll see you down the road in podcast land.